Welcome to the Blockdown Podcast, brought to you by EOK Digital, the number one blockchain PR and communications agency. Every week, we're sharing pearls of wisdom about the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency. Don't forget to subscribe and review our podcast so we can bring you even more great content. Thank you so much, guys. And we're really excited about debating what is the most, the hottest topic of the second half of 2020, the sex versus the decks. We've seen on crypto Twitter, a bloodbath, people debating on who should be the winner, who will be the winner in the future. And guys, don't forget to comment in the live chat, debate with yourselves as well, meet each other, connect with people. It's very important that we make this as interactive as possible. Gentlemen, if you disagree with each other, don't hesitate to do that because you know we know iron sharpens iron and it's really by debating that we can really refine our ideas. So to kick off this debate, obviously we know that the DEXs have really come from a few million US dollars of 24 hour trading volume to over a billion dollars in a single day accounting for up to 18% of all trading volume in crypto and a lot of people are saying that the DEXs will take over the sexes, as we say. So, gentlemen, if we can kick off with you, Josh, my dear friend, how are you seeing this battle? What is your impression so far this year? Hey, Alex. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for, for having us and thanks to the organizers. Um, I mean, it's a fascinating tale, isn't it? DEXs have kind of come from the, the shadows out into the, the, the open and have suddenly become the flavor of the year. And, you know, Personally, you know, this is something that we thought would, would absolutely happen at some point. And I think the key driver for this is usability, making DEXs usable um, to the average person. And that's taken a long, long time. Previously, to be a user of a DEX, you've got to be pretty tech savvy. You've got to be able to, you know, really manage your own keys in the right way, integrate the, uh, the wallet that you're using with the decentralized exchange. And it's all very tech heavy and quite intimidating for your average person. That's been slowly changing this year. So we've seen DEXs really evolve into something that are, you know, nearly as usable as a centralized exchange. So it's been a fascinating year for, for, for DEXs. It's certainly going to get bigger and better for, for, for DEXs, I believe, as people work on UI UX and really make the DEX experience as good, if not better in some cases than some um, sexes. Um, I always feel funny calling them sexes, but <laughs> seemingly people are using that word now. So I'm going to start using it now as well. Um, so seemingly, I think, you know, DEXs and their experiences are getting better and better. And that will be a trend that we see continuing this year. So bring it on. I think, you know, it's going to be good for the industry as a whole. And frankly, it grows out all the options that users have uh, at the table to be able to trade crypto as they see fit. Beautifully put, Josh. And Sam from FTX, do you agree with this UI, UX and usability? Is, is that what Uniswap brought to the space that made this, you know, such a big trend? I don't think so. Um, I think that UI and UX are super important, but I don't think we're there yet. Um, I think that like, and I think it's sort of hard to be there if like 75% of your transactions are failing and it's taking two minutes and a few dollars to send an order. Um, I think it's yield. Like why did, like, you know, DeFi was, seems like probably it was gonna have a moment, you know, in the end, no matter what, but what really blew it up, what, what, what really attracted so much capital to it was the yield on it, was the fact that you could, uh, 
know, you could uh, stake uh, capital and get high returns on it. And, um, you know, where is that coming from? I think there's sort of two different stories you can tell there. Um, one story, sort of the pessimistic story, is it's all sort of bullshit. Um, it's it was all sort of just a sleight of hand. There's a bunch of worthless tokens dropped on people. They like did a dance for a few months to collect the worthless tokens as they dropped to zero, and and then everyone's going to decide that was stupid and go back to what they're doing before. Uh, maybe the more favorable take on it was that uh, a lot of immensely valuable protocols gave away a significant fraction of their tokens, um, sort of for free, to users of their platform in order to encourage platform growth. And that was, in fact, you know, over $5 billion worth of value given away. And so, yeah, of course, that spurred a lot of growth. Um, it was extremely heavy investment from the, uh, from the projects um, in their protocol growth. And, you know, that, that, that left a way more active DeFi ecosystem. But one way or another, it's heavily incentivized volume and, and value locked. And these numbers are not sustainable when the yield goes away. Already, we've seen volume numbers start to drop as, as, returns drop and if returns drop too much more um then i you know you'll see total value lock drop but um but you know overall i think that like it was an enormous marketing win um i think it was not a huge win in terms of product development so far at least um although obviously i'm i'm sort of optimistic that that serum and, and some other things uh can bring what uh what you know the, the experience that a lot of the current uh tools don't have very well put, Simon. It's getting exciting already, guys. Don't forget to drop your opinions in the live chat. It's very important. We already have two confronting opinions. Jay, what are your thoughts on what has been said just now? Hey, um, kind of agree with uh, Sam, uh, but I would probably use different term. Um, as I say, um, what the most important fact to make a DeFi product success, uh, I would suggest three keywords, liquidity, liquidity, and liquidity. So um, yes, I agree. Uh, and Sam said, um, yes, uh, it does bring um, users to uh, DeFi and the DEX. Uh, but to be honest, it will be for short term, especially with those crazy and realistic years. But how to how to um, uh, remain those uh, users for a long term? I think liquidity is the most important things, and also followed by uh, user experience. Um, so. Uh, back in 2017, because Looping is a, a DEX native project. So back in 2017, while I was doing my roadshow, I asked uh, the conference room, how many people have been used DEX? And put your hands on pretty much like sometimes zero, sometimes one out of 100 people have been used the DEX. But now when I ask people, how many have you been used DEX? Pretty much 90% of people raise their hands. So I think... Um, I think uh, the AMM is the great, great uh, innovation. Um, and Uniswap really improved the uh, AMM and bring into the next level. So uh, um, right now, I think we need to, um, to improve the uh, Ethereum infrastructure um, to bring more user to uh, DEX. Yeah, that's my uh, kind of uh, takeaway. 
Thank you so much, Jay. So open question for any of you guys. Like, what does the DEX need? You just mentioned, Jay, that liquidity, liquidity, liquidity is kind of the key component. What are some other limitations? What are some other kryptonites to this Superman DEX that you want to see being created as of next year, for instance? If you don't mind, anyone go ahead who wants to kick off. I mean, I think it really all comes down, if you look at current DEXs, to speed and efficiency and cost. And the reason I say that is at first, it's just fatally bad right now. Like it's just, you know, two minutes per order, a few dollars and high failure rates just can't scale. And that's even with really tiny usage. I mean, we talk about these exploding DEX numbers. They never got within 5% of centralized exchange volume numbers. They never got within 5% of centralized exchange user numbers. They never became a really big uh, thing on, on, on sort of that scale. And they never got the huge amount of liquidity that some centralized exchanges have. And I sort of agree with Jay that liquidity is really key, but I think that like you can trace that back to why isn't, you know, what has been the limiting factor on liquidity and particularly on, on sort of like uncompensated liquidity, because you can get sort of temporary liquidity anywhere if you're willing to pay enough for it. But, you know, in terms of long-term steady state, you know, why isn't there more liquidity in DEXs? It's because it's fucking terrifying to provide liquidity if it's going to take you two minutes to cancel an order. Um, that's just like, you know, and, and a few dollars, like that's just, you you, it's, it's just like if you're not being heavily compensated, um, it would make absolutely no sense. And so while I agree that liquidity is a key thing here and that UI and UX are key things, I think you can just trace those down to like, why don't those exist yet? Indexes. And it's just throughput. Like, you know, it's just like Ethereum DeFi's throughput mm -hmm. is just not high enough to, uh, to handle uh, a sort of like exploding ecosystem. And, and I think that you know, it just DeFi can't grow much more until, in fact, it'll probably shrink if anything, um, until some scaling solution is found, whether that's ETH 2.0, whether that's a layer two, or whether that's a new faster layer one. Yeah, if I can add to that as well, I, th I think that's absolutely spot on that, you know, the infrastructure has to be fit for purpose. Otherwise, what's the point? If you're scaling um, a solution to provide, for example, an exchange environment for users, but they can't execute orders in a cost-efficient way if the slippage is massive, if the provision of liquidity is, is fragmented and frankly doesn't make economic sense to the liquidity providers. You've got to ask yourself the question, how is this, at least in the medium to long term, how is this going to be uh, economically viable? Is this more of an experiment than it is a long-term solution? And I think with any nascent technology to cut cut the DEXs a little bit of slack. As with any nascent technology, it takes time, right? We're going to see iterations, and as Sam said, using various different solutions, whether it's ETH 2.0, all these different layer twos that are out there, they're going to be you know, teething problems with this. And until it makes economic sense for the average user to do their activity on a DEX versus a SEX, why would they do that in, 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 you know, in any larger scale um, than they're currently doing. Um, and I think, you know, lots of people are doing it now because from a philosophical perspective, it's an interesting exercise. You own your own keys, you trade in a decentralized environment. It fits the philosophical narrative that a lot of people have when it comes to crypto, but that ain't going to take it mainstream. Um, so fundamentally, the infrastructure needs to progress and improve. Um, and lots of people are working on that um, and, and it will take time. Um, but absolutely, you know, I think for the for the deck space to improve materially, the infrastructure that the DEXs are run on needs to be fit for purpose. And the large majority of DEXs that are out there at the moment are 
um, almost kind of proof of concepts. They work to a certain extent, but they don't work versus or when you benchmark that against the sex and you try and work out, um, you know, which is better. Obviously, in 90% in, in of the cases, uh, a centralized exchange comes out on top. That's really well put. Jay, do you agree with this, that in terms of the DEXs, one of the biggest flaws at the moment is the trading technology, the execution systems, as uh, as the gentleman were just saying right now? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, but I just also want to mention that uh, Loopprint is working on a scaling solution. We are using the ZK rollup um, to scale up the Ethereum TPS from 15 and trans and trades per second up to uh, 3,000 trades per second. And, uh, um, um, and we are also the first DEX um, on layer two uh, uh, and launched in February this year. Uh, I remember, uh, actually, uh, I, I, um, I replied Sam's Twitter once, I think back a few months ago, and I, I, I say, uh, here, we, here we go, we have these scaling solutions, why we don't try it out? And Sam asked me, why there's still no liquidity, no assets moving from layer one to layer two. Um, back then, I say uh, I don't have a fancy answer, but um, I've been talking about to uh, a few other DeFi projects, so especially those top ones. Um, and also, I was in a layer two panel yesterday. And so we have some kind of conclusion because right now we have different kind of layer two options, uh, scaling solutions, optimistic OMG. Um, ZK, even in ZK, uh, up, we have different uh, solutions. Um, so, uh, but all in all, maybe we should start to work on with uh, like a crypto wallet to help them to onboard on layer two. So, which will help us to get a mass adoption, mass user, um, and help them to move from layer one to layer two. And another another approach is a uh, to um, to working with those top uh, uh, top DeFi project because they already had the volumes um, since Uniswap curve um, and Thinkdetics, those one already have been working with uh, layer two solutions because they already have volumes. I do believe um, their users, their customers will follow up, will start moving their assets from layer one to layer, uh, layer two. Um, it just might take time. And also back to Josh's uh, questions, um, pr private keys and all those things. Um, um, I think there's also solutions there. Um, as long as the technology issues, I think it can be solved just a matter of time. Uh, we have smart. Um, we have the smart wallet will help us to manage all the private keys. We just need to log in the wallet with the private uh, with email and the uh, and, and and mobile phone. Um, so all the all the private key will be managed by the uh, smart contract. Uh, it's not perfect solution yet, but uh, we see the up. Uh, we see the potentials there. I think about like a, a sort of combination with a smart contract layer to DeFi uh, kind of a, a combination. So uh, it will be kind of like uh, it, it will bring a really good user experience to uh, our future users. Maybe it's um, something for the external world. Just like think about a PayPal just launched the uh, uh, PayPal uh, crypto wallet. It's a centralized wallet. You just log in with your email and password. It will be the same things, but it's non-custodian. That's a really good point. You just talked about a combination, Jay, and I think that is the best segue to the final question. So guys, so far we talked about the rising of the decks, the limitations of the decks. Let's talk about this combination that you were mentioning, Jay. Do you guys agree that 
eventually this will be the best of both worlds. It will be some off-chain, some on-chain, some centralized components, some decentralized components. And what is to you the perfect solution of the future? How would you merge it? How do you see this happening, a combination of a sex and a dex in the future? Uh, Josh, if you could please share your thoughts first. Sure, yeah, I think this this modular approach makes perfect sense. You know, lots of people look at centralized versus decentralized as black and white. One's going to be better than the other. One has to be bigger and better and will always be the winner. Um, it, it's just simply not going to work like that. There will, I think, be an emerging modular approach to centralized infrastructure being integrated with decentralized infrastructure, and they'll kind of work hand in glove. Of course, I think that there will be some people that will want to migrate fully into a decentralized environment and carry out certain activity, whether that's their trading, whether that's holding their assets, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, some people will naturally gravitate towards the centralized solution. But I think you know, we are seeing the, the slow integration of the decentralized and centralized worlds in a modular fashion so that it actually works for users and consumers. You know, You can't get people to use a product if it doesn't work well, if it doesn't um, seem user intuitive, if it's a pain in the ass to, to, to get someone onboarded and using it. So this modular approach, borrowing the best of both worlds, I think is, is, is a natural progression of the space. Um, and we see this kind of so-called CFI, DeFi um, convergence almost taking place. Um, and, and it, you know, there will be that, that ability to choose one over the other if you want as a user, but within centralized environments, you'll have the ability to interact with decentralized environments and vice versa. So um, that I see as, as being a shade of, of gray as opposed to black or white um, decision. And, and we think that that's gonna continue over the course of the next few months. Beautifully put, Sam, what are your thoughts on that? I have a lot of uncertainty and I think that like, you could definitely imagine a world where um, there's sort of this this nice integration of the two and a lot of things in between. You could imagine a world where DeFi kind of dies out and it's mostly CeFi. You could imagine a world where DeFi becomes huge and CeFi shrinks and, you know, everything in between. And I think that like, I, you know, there are substantial networking advantages to staying within one system. Like one thing I will say is that because of composability, a lot of the power of DeFi you only get if uh, if you're staying in DeFi. Um, and I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, I think a lot of this depends on what products are built. I think a lot of this depends on, uh, you know, how how well DeFi charges forward, you know? Does it build great products? Uh, does it fail to solve its current issues? You know, I, I don't know the answer to that, um, but I think that's gonna have a pretty big impact on how large a role it plays in the future. Um, and I think that, um, that that's also a lot of how we're thinking about it, that, um, you know, I think Serum is our attempt to build a DeFi ecosystem that sort of is as powerful and, and scaling as we can uh, to try and build something which we think can, can bridge that um, and can sort of offer the experience people really want. But, you know, again, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Awesome. Jay, your thoughts on this combination that you are mentioning earlier? Um, sure. Um, well, I believe in the uh, decentralized world. Um, it's not like will happen in anytime soon. Uh, it might won't happen in my life though. Um, but that's what where my belief in. Um, so um, I think um, like um, especially uh, 
maybe case by case because uh, in certain region, because like the society or the, the nation is very, uh, very centralized. Uh, uh, not say in certain areas, um, they are not very uh, developed. So uh, maybe a decentralized uh, financial product uh, is good for them. But in a lot of a well-regulated um, places, uh, maybe centralized is a good way because they have very transparent systems. Um, so a centralized system can help to protect them. But in a those, um, like pretty much like most of the, the world, I think uh, a decentralized, uh, decentralized uh, financial product, especially blockchain, will help them uh, to access um, different opportunities. Thank you so much, guys. Don't forget to share your opinions in the live chat as well. Are you more on the sex side or the more on the deck side? And tell us why, of course. Before leaving, uh, one last shout out, your final kind of take of this, this debate here. Josh, if you can give us your last message, that would be great. Yeah, I think, you know, if, if, if we look at all of the controversy that's happened in the deck space and the decentralized space this year, um, and we kind of dial down the noise a little bit, we've seen a, a lot of scandal, we've seen a lot of negativity, but we've also seen a massive amount of innovation. And that innovation is hugely encouraging because people are spending a massive amount of time, resources, brain power on building some pretty fascinating things. So, you know, personally and Binance as an organization, massively bullish about the decentralized space. We're going to continue to invest in it and continue to build out services that are decentralized that people want to use and hopefully are also a pleasure to use. Awesome. Sam, yourself, final words? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously sort of involved in, in a, a CFI project, a, a FTX and a DeFi one, Serum, and I think they both have a lot of promise. I think that, um, and I think that, like, the one thing I'd say is just, like, there's a big difference between looking as far in the future as you can versus looking at what's going to be as successful as possible right now, and that, there's a time and a place for both, um, but that the things that get quick adoption aren't always the thing that gets the things that get scalable adoption, especially right now um, in DeFi. And um, and and yeah, just a lot of what we've been thinking about uh, with Serum is what do we need to do to build something that will scale? And I'm sort of like happy with how things have turned out, and think that they're sort of like just have massive power um, compared to a lot of the other uh, attempts. Very well put, Sam and Jay. Um, I would just say uh, both CFI and DeFi are very beautiful. Um, and uh, as long as you're an advanced user, um, crypto native people, then you should start to use DeFi. Once you're on DeFi, you will never leave the DeFi world. Um, but um, also, um, if you are not, um, uh, CFI is also a good try. Um, the bull run will come soon, uh, I reckon. And so uh, just uh, make sure you are on the run. And I think that's a beautiful message to end this conversation and debate, guys. Do not attack each other. Do not be tribalistic. 
both teams, CFI, DeFi, are trying to build things to help mass adoption and help this space move forward. So very, very well put, guys. Don't forget to follow all of these amazing speakers, Joshua Goodbody at Binance, Sam Backman-Fried at FTX, and Jay Jao Loopring. My name is Alex Fizel, host at Kryptonized TV and Swissport. Thank you so much for watching and continue to debate in the live chat so that you can all learn from each other. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Blockdown podcast. To connect with us on social media, buy tickets for the next Blockdown event, or find out more about EAK Digital, head to the show notes for further information and links to everything. See you next week.